Hey yo rollers, it's your boy Jay Malt. If you like original tabletop RPG adventures, join our Patreon for all original content like one-page dungeons, one-shot adventures, as well as original monsters, traps, and items. We create new stuff every month so that even if your DM isn't fully prepared, you can save the day. Check us out at patreon.com slash goblinsgrowlers. Great news. I found the audio. I determined what Solinar spent 100 gold pieces on. It was a golden, jewel-encrusted cup that when you pour liquid into it, the liquid just vanishes. A golden, jewel-encrusted cup! (laughs) It was behind door number three. Oh, is that what the the, uh, cannibals were guarding? Cannibal cup. (laughs) Cannibal cup. (laughs) Drink the blood of your enemies. Okay, guys, you're in Moonsy shop. Cannibal cup would be a cup that drinks other cups. <laughs> Drink the cup of your cup cup. <laughs> this is Quid Pro Roll, a fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. Well, howdy, listeners. Welcome to the Daily Crier Listening Show, where all the news and variant and beyond can make its way right to you. Time marches forever onward, uncaring of our manipulations or perceptions. Perhaps we can slow time with a spell, or skip moons in the twilight of the Feywild. But that does not change the relative measurement. See, time isn't just taking clocks and waiting for your number to be called. It's the moments of effect we look for, the memories we share, and the lasting feelings and impressions that we leave behind. Last time, one just impression made itself a little more known to the party. The Underdark Elf, Astrid, long thought to be dead, appeared to the party in the ever-timely Moonsea shop. Destiny ties her to this party in so many ways. Well, I'm certain the meanings are only beginning to appear. Otherwise, Boat did discover both a uh, questionable scrymaster and his eerily pertinent predictions. While Koza and Alita made their way to a shockingly gaudy estate, hoping to find more links to the past and where their destiny's key may be locked away. Take some time today, listeners. You've earned it. And as always, y'all take care now. Koza, you stand alongside Alita in front of the Aether Twine Manor, the hair on your arms and the back of your neck standing as the fencing and the building before you sizzles with electricity. Even the air in your lungs feels almost sharp as it vibrates with the energy radiating off of this place. Um, so, um, any idea of how to get past that? I mean, it's a fence and a door. I I imagine we can just Knock? Maybe? 
I don't think... Do you think he would really let us in? If we As knocked? you turn to look at Alita, how does this conversation, all of her hair is standing up completely on end, and she looks like she's kind of got, like, this poofy, like, frizzy nightmare head. Your hair, though, given that it stays in, like, a ponytail, is generally pretty safe. Yeah, yeah. That's what's really important. Uh, that's the, Look, I'm setting the scene, man. And the fact that the two of you look like ungroomed poodles is important to me. Anyway, I... I don't know. I'm not sure how this is supposed to work. You're you're the noble. How do nobles talk to each other? Um, Ignoring that Koza was the kind of kid who, like, when his parents had people over, would sneak past so he could get to the kitchen and grab snacks and then sneak back. Because the second they saw him, they'd go, oh, Koza, say hi to the company. And then it was game over. I may or may not be speaking from um, experience. Can Can you follow me really closely? How how closely are we talking here? Like, yes. Okay. But- okay. That that's gonna make Koza um uh, takes a pinch of spores and blows them. Alita, who then turns into a gaseous form. Okay, Alita, go poof. And then he does the same to himself and goes poof also. All right, the two of you are gaseous, nebulous clouds. And so Koka or Ko- <laughs> Koza floats his way into past the electric fence. I, I would say the, the the fencing itself was electric, but there was a gate that did not appear electrified, though that's pretty cool. So you you swoosh on past the electricity in the fence. Yes. Um, and continue. Continue. Does Alita follow? Yeah, Alita's following yeah. you. Um, She's currently a poof of smoke. She's not going to leave the person who can turn her. Oh, back. wait. Sorry. I have to rewind a bit. I can only do okay. one concentration spell at a time, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Rewind. <laughs> um, you said the fence is 12 feet tall? It is. Like I said, there is a door. Uh, there is, but we're not going to worry about that door. Mm-hmm, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Alita, can you follow me really closely? Uh, yeah, how closely are we talking? Real quick, is there a gap in this fence that a weasel could jump through? Uh, no, according to the dice I just rolled. Okay. Second question, can I maintain concentration when I'm in weasel form? You cannot, you can maintain concentration, but you cannot cast spells. Okay. Um, uh, Alita, follow uh, the weasel really, really closely. Um, and because, uh, takes a pinch of spores and mm-hmm. blows them at Alita who turns into a gaseous cloud. Um, and then Koza turns into a little weasel and goes All right. bounding towards the gate. All right. So this situation looks like a weasel is perpetually farting as it runs through the <laughs> yard. But uh, this odd conglomeration of things is going to make its way into the front garden's of the Aether Twine Manor. Oh, there's not even a guard or anything? No. Oh, wow. Okay. Fantastic. There's a, front, a guard a fr- in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, is going to continue towards the front door. All right. Uh, the front door is heavy and seems to be some kind of bolted copper. And does it seem like, is there a handle or something? There's a handle and a very elaborate knocker in the center. Um, is there a... Um, Shut up, Brandon. 
<laughs> just one? Yeah, just one. Uh, little little Weasel Koza uh, gestures towards Alita and tries to gesture her to go past the door. Alita Cloud is going to uh, attempt to go through the door, but something bounces her back almost as if she was made of rubber and thrown against the wall. Yeah. Um, yeah, Koza... <laughs> Offended weasel sound. Uh, does there seem to be, like, an open window or anything? No, according to the dice I just rolled. Okay, Koza, um, little weasel Koza turns back into human Koza and then releases the spell. <laughs> okay, that was very weird. That was, that was uncomfortable in, like, four different ways. What now? Um... Um, Alita's gonna walk up to the knocker and just like bang it on the door. Oh, I, yeah. Um, I guess that works too. She just kind of like looks at you and and gives you this expression of like, "Why are you the way that you are?" Uh, the door is going to slowly open, revealing a sharp-featured older man with a very pointed mustache and very nice clothes. There is a, what appears to be some kind of cloth or towel draped over his arm, and his white gloves are immaculate. He looks down over the bridge of his very sharp nose at you and just kind of goes, May I help you, sirs? Um, hello, we're here to see Lord Aetherwine. Oh, yes, no, you must. Are you his two o'clock? Yes. Of course, of course. Right this way, please. And he's going to lead you into this grand hall that everything is... So you see, like, dozens of servants. They are polishing the floors so much that the floors are completely reflective. There are glittering chandeliers made of gold hanging from the ceiling that are being polished and cleaned. There are people that are like, they're washing the walls. They're dusting the plants. They're like shaking out rugs. Like everything is being cleaned very fervently. As you walk through this group, it's going to take you down in this immense hall and then you take a left and then a right, and then you are brought to this enormous study that is warm and smells of wood and cognac. And this, there are just these enormous bookshelves behind and just a single wooden desk with this kind of like jovi, like jolly looking, you know, dwarven man. Um, if he stood, he'd be about four feet tall and his broad shoulders are almost as wide as he is tall. Uh, his beard is long, but it's groomed immaculately. You're unable to tell which is redder, if it's his hair or his face, and his clothing is rich in color and fabric. It's this dark, saturated green embroidered with gold thread. There's this big pipe hanging that looks a little bit more like a cereal bowl with, like, a stem uh, that is hanging out of his mouth, and he looks up. Wonderful, wonderful! Come in, come in! Uh, uh, um, Lord, Lord Aethertwine, I, I presume. Yes, yes, you must be my two o'clock. How are things? How are things? Uh, they're, they're, they're quite well. How are you? Wonderful. Oh, just preparing for the bowl and all. Oh, uh, 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 of course. 
You did get your invitations. Oh, I, I'm afraid there, there must have been a mix-up. Oh, well, go, go speak to Jeffrey on your way out and we'll see what we can uh, do about that. Uh, uh, of course, of course. He gestures to two enormous plush green chairs in front of his desk. So please, please come sit, sit. Right, right, right. Um, uh, uh, just this way, um, um, Lady Alita. Uh, th- thank you, my my lord. She's going to sit down and kind of do her best to play along because she has learned at this point that she needs to. How are things going in Burnmere? Oh, you know, the way things are in Burnmere. <laughs> yes, yes, no, I do understand. I do understand. So, let's see. I, I'm so sorry. I've, I've seemed to have misplaced my notes. What brings you here today? Um, the, the, there was that, um, the, um, should I ask about the goblet? What do you mean, ask about the goblet? We're here for I the, the goblet. The The goblet? Oh. I'm afraid I don't understand. Oh, uh, our our um, correspondence about the uh, the goblet. Oh yes, yes. You wanted to see. You wanted to sketch my artifacts. That was what it was. Yes, yes. Yes, and and this is the one that I, I finished the preliminary sketch for. And he pulls out the sketch that he had done. Yes, yes, that was such a rare find, a rare find. Very primitive dragon religion. Very interesting. Alita, like, immediately looks offended. Very interesting. It was apparently used in some kind of ritual. Very important significance. Can you imagine worshipping a cup? Oh, yes. It's absolutely ridiculous. You feel the burning of Alita's eyes on the back of your neck. Well, of course, of course. You are aware that to protect the artifacts, there are security measures in place. I hope you understand. It's nothing to do with you. Oh, oh, I guess you'll, you'll, I need you to just, um, go over those, those security measures just so I don't accidentally trip any. Oh, of course. Well, I'll be going with you. Oh. I, I, me and I will have the, the gods that are there. We'll, we'll be with the, with you all. That's no problem at all. But come, come. He's going to stand up and him standing doesn't honestly add an immense amount of height. Uh, and he's going to walk down and he's going to go back through the hallway with the servants kind of, you know, polishing everything. And he's going to lead you up this beautiful like twirling spiral staircase up to this balcony that not balcony but this loft almost that looks over this this hall he's going to lead you deeper into the manor and there's this enormous golden door with about 13 different locks on it guarded by four guards imposing large and armored There's going to be a whole series of hullabaloo about getting these locks unlocked. Some of them require, like, physical keys. Some of them seem magic in nature. There also seems to be one that appears to almost scan his handprint. Eventually, the door opens to this almost museum space. It's this beautiful, warmly lit space. And along the entirety are several dozen crystalline cases. 
you can feel magic radiate off of them in effort to protect the artifacts and keep them free of dust and wear and fading. There are small copper plates next to all of these artifacts describing what they are, where they're from, what they were, what they did or were for. You essentially have walked your, into a tiny museum owned by this very rich dude. Wow, it's, it's quite the, the collection you have here. Oh, I pride myself on all of these things. I, I am so fortunate to be able to find such wonderful things. Don't you just love, just things were different back then in the days of old. People, the artifacts had such a character to them. There was so much value in the work made, so much artis- artistry and, and, and artisanship. Uh, uh, wonderful. Of course. If you look over here, this is from Ocean Var. It was it, it was some kind of scroll that had some kind of importance to some kind of temple of Tear. It was very very interesting, very primitive form of worship, and it was just it was just wonderful. These tablets over here are actually from the Boro- Boros Empire. Oh, can you believe it? Oh wow, that's now um we we were gonna start. Now, now, which ones did you want me to sketch in particular? I'm sorry to rush you. I, I just... Oh, no, no, no. Of course. To... You are you are doing kindness to me, my friend. No, no, no. Uh, I, you had said that you wanted to sketch the goblet, yes. I believe. Yes. Wonderful. Uh, I wanted that a sketch. I also wanted a sketch of this this idol over here, this, this statue of Umberly. Oh. Do you see how there's sort of this shape of waves? It's beautiful. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, of course. Of, of course. And then there's also, oh, over here, over here, there's this staff. You see this staff? This staff was actually owned by a very famous red dragon priest. Oh my, how how did you end up with, with such a staff? Oh, he and I were friends long ago. Oh. Uh, when he died, he willed it to me because he knew that I'm such a collector of artifacts. H- who was this? Who? Could you tell me more? Uh, about... Uh, the, this oh. priest. About Lucius. Lucius. Yes, yes. Lucius was a fine man. Fought on the fought on the Barosian side of the Chromatic War back in the day. Long, long time ago. But um fascinating man. Wonderful at three dragon ante. Oh. Wow. Uh, his daughter uh has taken over uh the what what is the word I search for? Uh the warding, the wardship, the, the, she's the dragon's priest now, was raised in, in that. Uh, she'll be at the, she'll be at the masquerade. And, and who, who, who's that? Who should I look uh, for? Her name is, uh, her name is Ilfiel, a tiefling woman, bright pink skin, white freckles, very sweet. There are a couple of, uh, draconic priests that are actually invited. Oh, oh, is, is that so? Yes, yes. Well, you know how it is nowadays. You become a priest of a chromatic dragon, you're invited to all the functions. Well, oh, of course, uh, of course, of course. And, okay, um, okay, so these are the, um, the three you want illustrated. Yes, yes, if you'd be so kind. The, the staff, the goblet, and what, which was the third again? The, the Umberly statue. And 
as we discussed, you said I would be given uh, free access while I needed to, to work on these? My friend, you misunderstood. What I meant was that you had access in the room with the gods and me present. I cannot, unfortunately, take away the wards or the protective items. Though I will tell you, if you need any additional access, uh, if, if you come to the masquerade and your work is still not done by then, I can absolutely find a way after that party to get you in and let you finish up whatever work you haven't done. Oh, oh perfect. Perfect. Now, obviously, during the masquerade will be a little tricky with all of the people that'll be about, you see. Uh, oh, of, of course. But and I'll be too busy um, partying anyway. Oh, of course, of course. It's the social event of the year, and I pride myself on that. It, it should be quite exciting. Uh, I'll, I'll be sure to, to say hello. Wonderful. I would be offended if you didn't, my friend. Uh, I'm very excited. There's going to be a punch fountain. Oh, oh, how exciting. Koza, I'm assuming you're going to start getting to work sketching just to keep up this lie. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and shimmy on over to the Solinar Johannes boat situation that is happening at Moonsy's shop. What's in the discount bin? Uh, this time, what are you looking for? What are you buying? <laughs> I wouldn't buying? be looking. I wouldn't be looking in the discount bin if I were looking for something specific. I want a deal. <laughs> I want a deal. On That's what he's looking bad. for. He's looking for a deal. <laughs> so you look into the discount barrel and you see three items that are laying on the bottom. One is a square piece of purple cloth that appears much like sort of a handkerchief. There's a slight shimmer to it. Uh, mm -hmm. The thing number two that is in there is a ring that appears like it it it's adjustable in some way to fit multiple sizes of hands. There's no jeweling or anything fancy to it. It's just sort of this round metal band. Mm -hmm. uh, the final thing is a couple of links of a thick, heavy chain. And when I say it's like a thick, heavy chain... Uh, like, each link is the size of, like, a russet potato. Okay. Is it rusty? Is it gold? Is it steel? What is it? Uh, it's iron. It's not well kept, but it isn't rusted. Alright. Cause I wanna break. I don't suppose Moonzy has any interpretive signs on these. <laughs> he does not. They're just things you found in there. I will take all three of them out of the bin and take them over to Moonzy. So I can the chain is The chain is remarkably heavy. Um, I'm not making it so that, you know, you can't bring it over, but I am making sure that I make note, even for your strength, it is notably heavy. Speaking of strength, I've rolled a 19, so I can probably carry these two russet potatoes together. I wasn't worried about you not being able to lift it. It's. I'm not saying that you can't. I'm just saying it's heavier than it looks. All right. Notably so. Take him over to Moonzy. Put him down Wait. on the counter. Hey, oh. hey, hey, Moonzy. Uh, what? Give me, give me the information on these. I'll probably buy one off of you, but I just want to know what they are. Of, of course, my friend. So this cloth here, he picks up the purple handkerchief-looking thing, is an interesting thing that I'm not terribly sure, but it was once in the care of a magician. Uh, any small item you put here that is mundane, you he takes like a small die and puts it down and covers it in the purple. If you 
cover it with the cloth and then remove it like so with a flourish. And he, you know, removes it with a flourish like a magician revealing a trick. And instead of a die, there is now a small key. It turns into another small mundane item. Okay. All right. What he about covers the it ring? again. He he covers the key again, and then with a flourish, whips it back, and now it's like a tiny glass bottle. I don't know why, but I thought that Moonzy was gonna whip it back, and there was gonna be like a pigeon, and Moonzy was gonna be like, <laughs> "Oh no, friend, not supposed to be a pigeon," and then like put the <laughs> handkerchief back down and then whip it back, and there's like three pigeons this time, and it's like. Ah! Why do you want the birds, but QPR? It's the prestige, but pigeons. <laughs> mm, they're pooping all over the shop. The second pigeon shows up, and the first the first one shoots yeah. it. <laughs> they're poop shooting. <laughs> the prestige, but pigeons got me, and then the pooping jokes made it worse. There are, there are, their pigeons are coming in off the streets. They're street pigeons, and they're like, "Hey, Moonzy, your shop got a bathroom." He's like, "Only for paying customers." And they just look him dead in the eye, and they shit on the floor. <laughs> no, they maintain eye contact the entire time. <laughs> I love power pigeon move. I love that canonically, Moonzy can just talk to animals. Like he doesn't have to cast spells for it. It's just like <laughs> animals walking in off the street, and Moonzy's like, "What's up?" I like also that Moonzy's like, "Yeah, my shop shows up to whoever." Needs it most, and this pigeon's like, I really gotta use the restroom right now. <laughs> Customers on like, uh, oh my god, trail of bird poop right to the bathroom. After the fwasha he does, and you gesture towards the next thing, he picks up the ring and adjusts it. This will fit anyone's hand, my friend, and it's interesting. It does take a bond with it, but it does give you the ability to, 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 to bond. How do I say this? <laughs> it was given to me by a friend who fancied himself a bit of a therapist. Uh, this magical item was a uh, was was a bit of a foul up on on his end. Uh, it was a ring of incited familial honesty. He gave it to me very quickly. Now, Does it work by forcing you to be honest with people? Well, it makes you only say things that you think about your family members. Very uh -huh. specific. And what about the chain? Well, the chain is very, very interesting. The chain was actually uh, part of a jewelry piece from a giant. It's incredibly heavy, but it doesn't link to anything. It, it will never connect. If you try to forge more chain around it, the more chain will just fall apart. What happens if you try to melt down these links? They won't. They refuse. I, I feel like this chain at one point must have connected to a, a giant clock, maybe even a clock tower that a giant would wear around his neck. Uh. <laughs> I think I'll take the pocket square. Of course. That would be one gold, my friend. And I'm going to take that A ring. Bargain at any price. The ring of familial honesty. Yep. Alita was telling me all about her brother, and I've got shenanigans on the mind. <laughs> that will be one gold, my friend. Excellent. And I'll take the chain. <laughs> Arguably the axe. least useful of the items. One gold, my friend. Whoa. Least useful, and you're charging me the same? <laughs> I'll give you two gold and no less. Well, all right then. My friend, you are aware I'm charging you less than you're offering me. 
Three gold, and I will take no fewer. He kind of looks at you guys. Well, looks at you guys. Uh, Don't make me offer you another bid. Yes, please. Give me whatever you're comfortable giving me at this point. I'm very concerned. You make me feel a little bit like a rapscallion and a crook, my friend. Mm, sounds like you're wearing the familial honesty ring. Well, doesn't uh, doesn't that particular item come with a small freebie? And Solinar winks. Uh, yes, yes, of course it does. He's going to go under the counter and pull out a small bird carved out of quartz. He's going to hand it to Johannes. Oh. Hey, Johannes, you want to see a really cool trick? No, I know what you're about to do, and it's mean. I love it. Boat takes the purple cloth, puts it over the bird, and then yoinks it away. Because it only works on mundane items, uh, the bird is untransformed. Look at this. This this bird bird is anti-magic. Birds don't believe in magic. It's it's a pigeon. Magic doesn't work on birds. That's why that one bird keeps pooping. It, it tilts its little quartz head. Is it poopo? <laughs> it's quartz, not clockwork. So it just uh, so the quartz bird just whistled at me. Wow. Yes, it's it it it's not like the birds of Talaire or those clockwork creatures. It's just. It's just a little music box, essentially. Taking the bird's jobs. (laughs) (laughs) It does, however, lull you to sleep quite nicely. Except it wasn't a rock. It was a rock. Bird song. (laughs) No, truly, it it does. It also can sometimes, if you you pet its little head like this, and he pets its little head, and and then it started making um, the sounds of rainfall. It's a wonderful sleep aid. Can you give me an example, Alex? Thank you. I'm just, I just love the mental image of, oh, and if you pet the bird's head and he pets the bird's head and the bird's like mouth unhinges and opens and it's just like. (laughs) And then it just starts pouring rain inside the shop. (laughs) Well, that's one way to clean up that pigeon poop. (laughs) This bird is awesome. What's his name, Moonzy? You can name it, my friend. What? You don't have a name? I I will tell you, my friend. Moonzy is a name you all give me. There's very little within this shop that is named. Oh my god, you don't have a name either? Wait, we named no. you. You named me. That is the name you have given me. But that's not your name? I don't have one, my friend. Well, well, then, well, what did we give you one if you don't have one? Have you not opened it yet? My friend, whatever you are comfortable calling me is what my name is at that time. I have no concerns about how I am viewed except by the person who stands in front of me at the moment. Moonzy, if you don't have a name, that means the name that we gave you must have gotten lost in the mail. We gotta register you he a name. Over at Solinar. He looks over at Solinar and Boat. Moonzy is the perfect criminal. He has no face, no name, <laughs> and he wears long flowing clothes that conceal his body type. <laughs> I'm not convinced oh. that Moonzy He gets all his items by shoplifting Exactly I'm not convinced that under those long flowing robes Moonzy has a body type Even better Moonzy We gotta uh, guys, solve we don't this need, 
We don't need to encourage the fandom to start drawing like Moonzy as an eldritch abomination. I want Moonzy's just a, a diglet. Uh, yes. I, I want fan art where somebody reveals that underneath Moonzy's long flowing robe, he's handsome Squidward. I want Moonzy to have a real name, one that he can say is his or hers or theirs. Moonzy. Yes, my friend. Do you want a name? I am no. happy with whatever you deem to call me. But do you want a name? I truly have not given the matter much thought. Well, in that case, I don't want to give you a name if you don't necessarily know if you want one yet, because maybe you don't. And once you have a name, you've got to feed it and walk it and take care of it. And so if you got to put some thought to this, because you can't just get a name willy nilly and then expect it to be taken care of for you. You need to make sure that you you really have thought this through, Moonzy. So I but I'm telling you right now, if you want a name, I will get one for you. But you got to prove it. So for the next two weeks, you got to clean up this pigeon poop first off. <laughs> this is no place to have a name. <laughs> Why did Johannes slowly turn into a mafia guy? <laughs> and second off. A mafia guy that's very adamant about not getting his child a guinea pig. <laughs> second off. <laughs> second off, Moonzy. Well, you got, uh, well, that's that's really all of it. I think if you want a name and you feel like you can take care of it, I'm going to get you a name on this, the night of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> all right, Bo, Solinar, help me out here, guys. If Moonzy never had a name and no one ever gave Moonzy a name, then right. he wouldn't be Moonzy. Exactly. But he would still exist. Uh-huh. But there's no name for Moonzy without a name. Man, why are so you calling him why are you all calling him Moonzy? We all just called him No Face. That seems like a wow, rude talking name. sensitive. My God. <laughs> what? So, is no so face. rude. You are calling him Moonzy because why? Man, I don't think this I don't think this is going to work, but let me try. Hang on a second, Solidar. Boat goes over, he puts the purple cloth over attention, <laughs> and then pulls it back with a look of anticipation. It's a magic sword now. So help me, if you had turned attention into something not attention, I think I would have had to kill you on the spot. I'm pretty sure I was that's just how trying that works. To, I was just trying to turn your attention elsewhere. No, what? thank you, Solinar. I feel very special. Look, Astrid being in the sword, it's a weird vibe. I think Astrid and I can both agree on that. It's very weird. But it's the situation that we're dealing with right now. And attention is very precious to me. And I think Astrid could probably be helpful on our adventure. So between those two things, I am comfortable keeping Astrid in attention. But that's... That's going to have to change some things about how attention and I travel. I don't what? like this ship. What are you talking about? Moonzy, you let us know by the time of, at least by tomorrow, at the earliest, if you want a name, because then we'll get one for you. But we have to have some time to find one because names, you know, they don't grow on trees unless they're family trees. But that's a whole nother story. On to another story. We gotta go and find this, uh, it's, uh, a cup. It's like a, the Holy Grail. 
where you drink from it, but not from this one because it's actually a key. Do you know anything about this key cup? Um, you are referring to the key to the Temple of Copper underneath the city. That is correct. Well, I, all I know is that it was supposed to be in a place that it no longer is. I believe brigands took it at one point. That is oh. unfortunately all I know. And I'm Riggins. not even sure how I know that. Hmm. An interesting question. How to know something without having ever known it before. My friend, I will tell you, that is how I live. All the time. That is just what I do. I think I think the solution here is going to be to talk to some people who work in the underground. Was picked up by brigands, presumably sold by brigands. Somebody's going to know something. Moonzy, before we take off, you got any weird crowbars? What do you mean? I recently had to use my crowbar as a improvised weapon, let's say. Uh, and so I don't have one. And uh, there's a very high chance that I'm going to need to do crime stuff in the near future. If not for this cup, then for something... And so I want to make sure I'm fully equipped. And so I'm wondering if you have any weird crowbars. Hmm. Uh, let me check the back. I do not think I have anything that fits that criteria, but I'm happy to look for you, my friend. All right. He's going to slip into the back, leaving the you guys alone in the shop. Well, well, he's on that particular side of things. Does anybody have questions for Astrid? Because it's my understanding that we can only talk to Astrid while we're here. Astrid, what do I name this bird? Well, you guys get mad at how I name things. I mean, well, if you call my bird no face, I'm going to find someone else to name it. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. I would name it Whistles. I love it. That is going to be your name. Whistles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a good name for a little Tweety bird. You see what the difference between Whistles and no face is, right? Like. One of these is sweet and kind of endearing, and the other is like a like a description of something, and not in a good way. I, I do not understand why it is wrong for me to call a guy with no face guy with no face. I mean, would you call the bird bird face? Because it has a bird that face? Well, it, God, it this has is such a good rapper name. <laughs> it's a bird. All birds have bird face. It's why I do not refer to this guy as guy face or this guy as halfling guy face or you as half elf guy face. Well, how do you know that Moonzy's the only no face guy with no face? Because he's the only guy I've ever seen with no face that didn't lose it in a horrible owl bear accident. Oh. Uh. I met a guy who lost his face in a horrible owl bear accident, and if you called him no face, then he would barf blood on you. That is a very specific response to being offended. Yeah, I think he just did that regardless, but <laughs> he's a good guy. D do you have questions for me? You look like you've been trying to say something, guy in hat. Not really, no. <laughs> I mean, other than you tried to, you know, disappear me with a purple handkerchief. I, I'm sorry, just that Boris accent really gets to me. I can only <laughs> hear it for so long. Boris? I, this is not the Borosian accent. Yes, it is. 
No, it's not. I've heard many of them, and you sound exactly like them. Do you think I'm from the Boris Empire? Because I'm not. Or you're putting on a really good impression. I thought... I'm from... This is how people talk in the Underdark. I was gonna say, I thought that was an Underdark accent. This is an Underdark accent. That's where I'm from. So can you, uh, can you definitely, like, not talk when we're not in the shop? Uh, probably. According to, according to Moonzy, I can only talk when I am in, and I quote, and she, like, does little air quotes, a conflux of very powerful magic. So, like, if I was in a wizard tower, I could probably do this. In my Moonzy shop, I can do this. If we're in, like, a really powerful magical space... Maybe the Feywild, I could probably do this. But as far as, like, going about the day-to-day, -day, no, I probably cannot oh, do if, this. I've been trying, and you what guys... What if we wrapped you... What if we wrapped you in, like, a magic blanket? I mean, maybe... May, a very powerful magic blanket, maybe. Wait a second. I just felt like I realized something. Solonar, is your sword haunted? Yes. Yes. Oh. That's that's what I realized as well very recently, which is is a little horrifying when you think about, you know, how how I am with attention usually. Yeah, you've got honestly, a ghost sword. Honestly, yeah, it's it's been a little weird, but you're an okay sword. Well, you're an okay sword. That was terrible. Hey, Moonzy. Yes, Thanks for I'm coming back, back to see. Yes. Uh, so I have this. It was going to go in the discount bin, and he holds up a crowbar. Is it a magic crowbar? It is. Does it summon crows? <laughs> no, I recently sold that one. Does it summon bars? This is a crowbar that, when used, will strengthen the lock and bond of anything it's trying to open. So it won't dispense alcohol only to crows. <laughs> You need an ID. And Crows above the age crow. of three. <laughs> Solonar quickly looks over the crowbar to see if there's any like special markings or anything like that on it. it, looks... does, it does it say crows before bros on it? It does now. Yeah, it says crows before bros. Caca! And when you read the caca part, you actually hear it in your head. Caca! But it might not be as good as a crowbar, but it does make things you're trying to open better at not being crowbarred. So were there or were there not actual demarcations? It, it, it says bros before crows, caca, and when you read caca, you hear... Caca! All right, I'll take it. Okay, it is a single gold. Ugh. I'm spending like crazy in this store. If you want, I could show you things that are actively useful. No, no, I don't think I've <laughs> no, got useful no, stuff I, kind of money. Not in that market. <laughs> I spent a hundred gold on a terrible cup. I, you know, <laughs> I've got a budget. That is very fair. But if you ever need it, I do have non-terrible things. Oh, maybe next time, Moonzy. I feel like we are shopped out. <laughs> that is very fair. Thank you for coming, and thank you very much for picking up your items that were here. I yes, am I, excited. Sorry about that, Moonzy. It is quite all right, my friend. I am excited for some peace and quiet. Wow. Well, you better kick out that pigeon, too. He's up to mischief. 
That pigeon has been shoplifting here for years, my friend. Oh my god. Wow. It's a criminal pigeon. Eats shits and leaves. <laughs> my least favorite children's board game. <laughs> <laughs> Quid Pro Roll is only made possible by our amazing fans and our Warlock patrons over at patreon.com slash goblinsgrowlers. Bridget, thank you for being you, for helping us, and for making this world a little brighter. Kyle Wendling, you're an absolute hero, scholar, and a perfect scoundrel. Caitlin Allen, thank you, truly, madly, deeply, from the bottom of my heart. Melissa Sweeney, so many adventures we've had. Thank you for helping make this one possible. The Abiel Queen, truly a fantastic person and rightfully a queen. Thank you. Jonathan Cedillo, I love you, mate. Thank you. I hope you all have spectacular days. Bye, Moonsy. We'll see you next time. Well, we should just end the episode on Kakaw. <laughs> I appreciate, I appreciate so much that we can spend an entire episode with half of the party shopping and half of the party infiltrating the lair of the person who took the cup that we're literally trying to get and trying to determine how to bypass that security. And it's the two people least qualified for bypassing any kind of security in the entire party. If I had my staff with me, I'd be really good at stealth. (laughs) 